the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast, coming to you from PristineAuction.com Studios, with your hosts, Jake Seeley, Chris Meany, and Joe Holka. Welcome, footballers. Welcome, Foot Clan. It is week eight. DFS for the rest of us. Jake Seeley, Joe Holko, Chris Meany, as our announcer voice just said. And uh, I don't know how Chris did. I, here's the good news, Joe, is that I had a terrible week, but I still finished his second because Chris didn't join the daggone group. He didn't even we're, put a lineup in last week. in a row. So. Chris just, like, doesn't want to play against us on FanDuel. <laughs> no, 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 no. Two weeks ago I played. I was looking for the invite. I couldn't find on. one. I was disappointed, too, like because, you know, I was all about Corey Davis last week. You're a professional. You were. Man. I think you would have figured that out by now. Ah, man. Drop man, the ball. It, Drop the ball. It was bad. Larry Fitzgerald killed me. Will Fuller, even with your 1.1, Joe, so you still we were able to cap 100 points, although it wasn't a very good week. I'm assuming that didn't cash elsewhere for you. Did Did you have a be- better lineup elsewhere? Oh, for whatever reason, I guess keep forgetting to late swap uh, that specific lineup because it's in a different contest with the three of us. But yeah, last week wasn't great for me. Uh, a little too much uh, Saquon Barkley instead of Dalvin Cook and a little too much uh, Mark Andrews and Darren Waller. So those uh, close little 1v1s, 2v2s, uh, I guess ended up on the other side. Uh, and that's never good. You know what the funny thing is? And I don't ask both of you guys this because obviously the big topic was David Johnson, who I'm looking at your lineup for the one that we had, and he killed you with the 0.2 in that. Sure. It seems like the DFS world is a lot less whiny than the seasonal world. Like, we know this. And I'm not saying, like, uh, you would think seasonal know this. Too. Like, th- those kind of things happen. Like, we, are you, you're, Joe, you're not coming out of last week and be like, I can't believe the Cardinals screwed me over. It is what it is. I mean, that kind of stuff, like you said, it, it's going to happen. Like, had him on some GPP teams, wasn't on my main team. I think the the worst part about it is towards the end of the of the morning, I just couldn't get comfortable in lineup construction. And obviously, if we had Chase Edmonds, I just would have completely changed the slate in general. So maybe would have figured uh, figured out a team that I would like a little bit better than what I ended up landing on. Yeah, the Chase Edmonds thing. Listen, if you've been playing DFS and especially other sports like basketball, you're you're well aware of the frustrations, you know, last it reminded me a lot of basketball, actually. Like you don't hear anything. And then all of a sudden it's a coach's decision and the guy's on the bench all night. And it, it is frustrating, but that's that's kind of how it how it goes sometimes in DFS. But yeah, if if there was no DJ and he was ruled out, I think we all would have been on Chase Edmonds for sure. Yeah, well, I think that he's going to be an interesting person to talk about for this week. So let's talk cash lines. But the good, hey, good news is you know this, Chris. The NBA have made a rule this year to get those lineups out earlier if you're playing the NBA DFS. So the NBA embracing even more so every year. It finds that they're embracing gambling, embracing DFS. Good on the NBA. Come on, NFL, follow suit. But well, they partnered also, up. Yeah, they have DraftKings on their floor, so <laughs> they want people to play. <laughs> DK NBA, so they're they're obviously going to give those the inactives and actives a lot earlier, and that's that is kind of how the NFL should go. Yes, that is true, and you ruined my segue. I was going to say, speaking of joining, I was going to say if you're not a part of the DFS pass to use the code podcast ten percent off. But I forgive you, Chris. Let's let's talk cash. Let's we're going to do Chase Edmonds right off the top. Straight cash, homie. So, yes, let's bring Chase Edmonds into this. Now, the Cardinals signed Alfred Morris. They signed Zach Zenner. So how hesitant are we right now in the fact that, one, Joe David Johnson even plays, and then, two, even if he does, is Chase Edmonds now in the because of the price still hasn't gone up enough where we put him in cash even if DJ, DJ, DJ Johnson, David Johnson is active? Yeah, he's 6,200 on DraftKings, so it's uh, nowhere near what the price was last week, of course. 
uh, decent spot against New Orleans, but there's a lot of uncertainty here. I, I think for that price tag, I would have liked to um, at least have uh, some clarity on the the backfield and some of these guys they've signed in general. It's just always a little bit scary against New Orleans because this game environment's not great, but hopefully we get a little uptick in pace because it is Arizona. I don't know. I, I don't love the spot at 6,200 when we have some of these other guys um, as great values, which I'm sure we'll talk about, like getting up just a little bit to someone like Chris Carson, Le'Veon Bell, I'd prefer to do that. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting, Joe, you bring up a good point, because in that price range, especially on DraftKings, I mean, you can spend a little bit more and get involved with Bell or Carson, or you can just drop down a little bit and, and take some shots with Eckler um, and Jacobs. But I don't know, in cash, even Latavius Murray, right? If Alvin Kamara doesn't go, you're going to save yourself $300 there. And both of those guys were unbelievable last week, one and two in, in terms of touches and fantasy points. But the big thing is, is, is Chase Evans got 34 opportunities, 31 opportunities, targets and carries. I mean, that kind of usage at 6K is... You know, if he gets that kind of usage again, he's probably going to return value. I agree. I don't love the spot. It's not fantastic. A lot of respect for the Saints D, but it'd probably be a few points scored in this game and a lot of plays run. All right. So let's go right back to Joe and bring up his favorite person to bring up. The price is now creeping towards 10K. We are getting to the point where this is Russell Wellsburg again for those people that play NBA and understand what I'm talking about. Is Christian McCaffrey still doable? You you just plug him in every single week, Joe, but has he finally reached the point where it's kind of tough to do it? Yeah, we've gotten to the point now where, I mean, we haven't had him on the main slate for a little while, of course, but 9,200, it's against San Francisco. So if you're one of those people that really values matchup, it, this would be a tough spot uh, to pay all the way up for Christian McCaffrey. Uh, that said, probably not going to surprise anyone. I'm, I'm not really scared of going to a guy that's going to touch the ball. 25 to 28 times, probably get six catches throughout the air. Uh, so, yeah, I think that Christian McCaffrey, totally fine at 9,200. There's a couple other guys that that are definitely cheaper that are going to draw some significant ownership as well. So I, I think it's an interesting spot. Like, there's nothing really you can say about it being an amazing spot by any means. Like, at San Francisco, tough team total, like they are on the road. Um, but I think at the running back position, volume is king. Uh, so 9,200, if he ends up being... Um, lower owned, like what, what do you guys think his ownership is going to be? I guess I'll, I'll kick that back to you guys. I, I think that if he's anywhere um, lower than 15%, he's going to offer you a ton of leverage in tournaments, I think, than compared to usual. Yeah, I'm pulling up right now. Go ahead, Chris. I feel like there's enough value on the board where you can just get by with even playing him on cash. And sometimes I'm hesitant just because I want a, a well-balanced lineup in cash. But, you know, with some of the wide receivers, and we'll get to a few guys, and then some of these lower end backs, like, you know, a Ty Johnson, for example, there, there's enough value on the board to, to get to a guy like McCaffrey. Heck, even the quarterback position, there's a ton of value. So, I mean, Joe, you said it. If he's going to give this guy 25 plus touches, it's so risky to fade him in tournaments. It really is. But uh, in cash, I wouldn't you, know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there's no point, really, because it's every single you look at DK just fantasy points per game. He's got eight more than the next closest guy. And that's Austin Eckler. And then if you just look at on FanDuel, nobody's even averaging 20 points per game. And this guy's almost averaging 30. So it's it's such a nice spot with with um, Dalvin Cook playing on Thursday night football. It's there's really nobody else besides Barkley. And, you know, it's, he's just not getting that kind of usage. It just doesn't seem to have the same kind of upside as McCaffrey this year. He's right now, to answer your question, he's sixth right now at around 10%. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't mind that at all. Um, and I guess I'll, I'll segue us here. Just uh, another guy, just because I was staring at uh, basically Christian McCaffrey and, and one of the metrics that I love is just total yards over the last four games. Our boy Lenny at 7,800. Like I get it. Like he, his price <laughs> is up there. But uh, by the way, I ran a poll on Instagram if we could call him Lenny or not call him Lenny. 
And overwhelming results was that it's okay to call him Lenny. So just about thought I would touch on that before you bring him up. You have terrible followers. That, that might be <laughs> I, I like it. You should call him Lenny. But yeah, at least 26 touches in four straight games. The volume has definitely been there. He just hasn't scored any touchdowns. That's okay. really been the reason he hasn't gotten up to that point in terms of fantasy points per game. He just, what does he have, one touchdown on the season? But he's he's touching the ball nonstop. I mean, four straight games with at least 20 carries. He's racked up 28 catches and 38 targets on the season. And and the Jets have been pretty mediocre against running backs this year. So I'm going to make a vote on that one, Joe. And I'm going to say we call him Lemmy, like Lemmy from Mario Kart. Because every time you say Lenny, I think of Lemmy. And we need that like little spiked color hair. That's that's who I'm going. I'm going with Lemmy from Mario Kart. I'm I'm pulling on the uh, Nintendo strings over there. By the way, uh, that's 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 that game, that app. I don't know where we're talking about this, but I'm addicted to it right now. The Mario Kart app, just so you know. <laughs> Get out of uh, here! His nickname's Lenny, not Lemmy. Yeah, I know, we're, we're going Lemmy. You on that one? Yeah, no, Lemmy. Uh, Chris, Chris Carson. <laughs> yeah, well, Carson's getting up there in price now. I still don't mind him. You know, at 7K on DK is nice, but Fanduel. You know, he's he's kind of getting a little too high for me, AK, but eight thousand. You know, yeah, it's he's really jumping up there in terms of price. But obviously, I mean, I still like him playing against the the crappy Falcons this week. Can't stop anybody. And you, you figure that they're probably going to be up at least 10 points in this game. And they lean on a little bit of Carson. It's the same thing we've talked about every single week. At least 21 carries in four straight games, at least 24 touches in each of those games as well. The goal line back catching balls out of the backfield. So yeah, I, I like I like Carson, but I'm a little hesitant on FanDuel, especially with that price. And then on DraftKings, you know, you want a back to catch some balls, but he he's not. Yeah, he can catch, and he's had some games like that, but he's not turning out like those five catch games, and that's kind of where I'm a little hesitant now at that price. Yeah, well, the good news on FanDuel is that Lemmy is three hundred dollars cheaper. <laughs> that's a joke shaking his head. <laughs> I'm gonna annoy you that for the rest of the year. Uh, here's a question for you guys. So you've brought up. Your guy, Chris, we brought up your guys. You didn't bring him up, but I brought him up for you. So let's bring up my guy. If he practices even just Friday, Josh Jacobs in the conversation. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I I think so. I mean, at $5,800, he's still underpriced. He's jumping up there a little bit, but this is the most expensive he's ever been. But even still, like, that's a solid price for the offense running through two guys in Oakland. It's Darren Waller and it's Josh Jacobs. So, you know, even over the past couple weeks with no Tyrell Williams, you're you're seeing a few more targets out of the backfield for him. So I have no problem with him again in, in that price range. It's pretty nice, but. Like if there's no Alvin Kamara, I may just move up slightly and and get a guy like Latavius Murray and you know an offense that's probably going to score more points. Well, let's um, talk about that real quick since you just mentioned his name. And Joe, you can if you want to say anything, add anything for Jacobs. I'll come to you so you can kind of go to both. If Kamara's active, uh, we're going right back to him, or do we worry that maybe it's one game of a split backfield and they don't you know they kind of ease him back in. Yeah, the, the Camaro one's interesting, too, because if he was totally healthy, like at that price, it would just be lock and load, right? I mean, that's a yeah. massive team total if you project him for, um, I mean, it's Arizona, right? So, I mean, I think he'd probably be the best play yeah. on the board. If we could just confirm his health, that would be great. Um, if he doesn't end up playing, and I actually originally thought that earlier in this week that he wasn't going to play just because, I mean, they have their bye week coming up. So I, I just kind of thought that Camara like wouldn't suit up. And then we get Latavius Murray at 5,800 again. So that's why I was kind of looking at Latavius versus Josh Jacobs, and I definitely prefer Latavius. Josh Jacobs, it is a, a pretty tough matchup against this Houston team, fifth against the run this year. They have been um, a little bit 
worse against running backs in the passing game. But Josh Jacobs still just hasn't had the floor for me through the air. He's not popping in anything that I typically look at, even though he is in that price range. I think I would definitely just prefer to pay down to Ty Johnson at that point, who I'm sure we'll talk about. Okay, so let's talk. That's the last one I was going to bring up, unless there was another name you want to go to. So we'll stick with you and go back to you, Chris, with Ty Johnson. You know, Chris and I have talked about this on the seasonal side of things, and I've even on my own sports like I've done 7000 podcasts this week, and I feel like every single podcast has talked about Ty Johnson, mostly off the top. I'm surprised it took this long to get to him. But where are you with this, Joe? Because you can say the price for what you're getting for is the lead of a backfield is too is too attractive. On the flip side, you can say, well, this is Matt Patricia. They activated Paul Perkins. You know, JD McKissick is still going to be the pass catcher. Like JD McKissick's role is not going to change. And for all the talk about Ty Johnson, carry on Johnson, who is arguably, and I think most people would make that argument, the more talented of the Johnsons still was barely an RB2 in seasonal, which also gives you a tell of what he's been doing in DFS. So is Ty Johnson even really as plug and play as people think? Because he is by far and away, it's not even close, the number one projected own running back in DFS. Wow. Yeah, I think this is kind of where I'm going to disagree with most people. I I don't think he's like the lock and load play for a lot of the reasons you mentioned. Like it's possible they get some other guys involved as well. Like if you just want to look at his comps, he is someone that, is pretty good at the passing game player profile has him comp to Kenyon Drake. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if he's going to get 16 touches at 4,900, I'm sure that that'd be appealing to a lot of people. I think he is going to be active through the air. So that's something to consider. Um, I mean, Ty Johnson against this Giants team, like the matchup's great. I think that's probably why he's just going to draw a ton of ownership, just the matchup, the price. That's most what most people are looking at anyways. I'm just looking at the opportunity cost. There just seems like there's so many good running back plays this week at the top end that um, if we don't end up getting Latavius Murray, uh, I think that it's probably just going to be one of those weeks where I'm going to, I'm going to be on the other side of this one, I think. Yeah. That's, it's a little surprising actually to hear that ownership. I thought maybe Chase Edmonds would be near the top. And I guess people are still wondering about Alvin Kamara with Zach Zenner, you know, off of the saints, maybe Kamara does play. It's funny. Zach Zenner was with the saints last week. Now he's going to play against the saints this week. I don't expect him to be too much too involved with Arizona anyways, but Ty Johnson probably I'm, I'm not going to fade him at that price at $4,900 on DK. I don't think I'm, I don't think I can do it in cash to a lot of points that you just made, Jake. JD McKissick is still going to be involved. He's, he's probably not going to have 15 carries, but last week was encouraging double digit carries. He cut all four of his passes. It is against the giants. It just, this move makes me like Matthew Stafford a lot. I think he's going to step back and, and throw the ball a ton. And, you know, McKissick can catch TJ, TY is going to be able to catch and, uh, you know, Marvin Jones is not going to get four touchdowns, but he's going to be involved and Galladay is going to be involved as well. So, you know, it just really makes me like Matthew Stafford a lot, but I, I won't fade him at 49. I'm going to have him at least one lineup. I have to. <laughs> at least one. Yeah, I he do. is. Yeah, you have to. He's a 5% ownership projected gap over Leonard Fournette and Saquon Barkley for a second. For, to your point, Latavius Crazy. Murray is actually tied with Todd Gurley for one, two, three, fifth. So there you go right there. Chase Emmons is way down. I think this is the, we don't know what's going on with David Johnson yet. I, I would expect Chase Emmons is down by Devontae Freeman and Marlon Mack for about, looks like 13th or 14th. I would expect if David Johnson's out, that that would skyrocket up into the top five. That That's obviously a situation. So let's stick with this game real quick and talk wide receivers. Chris, Marvin Jones coming off a huge game. Kenny Galladay coming off a huge disappointment. 
and then Golden Tate revenge narrative. So are you, are you looking at any of these guys in cash? I mean, we're, like Matthew Stafford, as you mentioned, this is kind of turning back to the old Lions, which the Lions mm-hmm. we used to love in fantasy of just pass, 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 pass. Yeah, I love that. I'm, I'm I'm big on Stafford this week. Love him for sure, like I just said. But I wonder how people are gonna if they're are they gonna chase Marvin Jones's four touchdowns? I'm kind of interested in Galladay in tournaments, but both of these guys I think are in play even against Jenkins. I I, I don't really care. I, I just feel like Detroit should be able to put up 25 plus points, maybe even 30. And if Stafford's gonna drop back and throw 35, 40 times, then both of these guys are gonna get theirs. But yeah, Galladay is is very interesting because he finished six on his team in targets last week. Only only two targets and it's kind of puzzling to see but you know maybe roads close after all in that matchup last week but marvin jones is still in play both of these guys are are fairly affordable i mean you can get them in pretty easily all right well here you go chris i'll ask you and i'm going to pull in one of your favorite wide receivers to ever use is dd westbrook you always pull him in so i'm going to ask you guess projected ownership just rank that you don't have to what the percentages is but these four the three in this game, Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay, Golden Tate, and then throw in D.D. Westbrook. And guess what the four in order are? I want to get uh, you at this. Jones, D.D., uh, Galladay, and who's the fourth? Tate. Actually, Tate, then Galladay. All right. Joe, what do you think? D.D.'s got to be the lowest, right? I actually don't think that Galladay and Marvin Jones are going to be that much different. Maybe that's a contrarian takes. Mm-hmm. I think there's still enough people that will go the Kenny Galladay route but yeah i'll put jones first uh who was the other one tate yes also i'll go i'll go jones galladay tate dd you're both wildly off is it kenny galladay Galladay is number two behind deandre hopkins at 18 percent. then it's dd westbrook then golden tate then marvin jones Okay, Way so down. if people are off of Jones, then, I mean, $5,800 in this spot, I know he's just coming off that big touch, and maybe that's what it is. People just assume, oh, he's not going to do, you know, obviously, he's not going to get four touchdowns. Well, the price jumped a big deal, too. That's part of it. It did, but it's still under it's still under 6 k You know, it's 5 k last right. week. I mean, it's still decent. It, it's got to be people chasing DeAndre Baker, right? I don't even know how you say the guy's name, but he is just trash. And that's yeah, DeAndre Baker. Well, that would be Marvin Jones. Yeah. Uh, Jordan, Jordan really? Jenkins should be on Kenny Galladay. For sure. oh, okay, because PFF had Baker on Galladay earlier in the week, so maybe I'm wrong. I never look at that stuff anyway. I figured I was trying to find just <laughs> a reason up, for, yeah. for Galladay uh, to just be the one that would be owned. So that's that's interesting. Hmm. All right, so where else are you looking, Joe? Uh, I think it's Kenny Stills' week, right, guys? Forty-seven hundred <laughs> against uh, against Oakland. I, I don't know. Without Will without Fuller Will gone. Fuller, yeah, without <laughs> Will Fuller, it's it's got to be Kenny Stills' week. I think. I mean, I mean, I guess you really want to walk into it. I mean, a team that can be beat deep for sure. Like that's kind of where you want to attack Oakland. Um, massive team total at home. I think Kenny Stills at forty-seven hundred. I think he'll he'll gain some traction as the week goes on. I will say in tournaments, like this is the type of play that shapes up to be a really good fade if he's approaching like that twenty percent ownership route i mean he's probably someone we can only project for what uh three and a half touches or something like that a reception so i don't know i think he's a great play uh if he doesn't gain traction but i think he will no i didn't want to jump all over you but i was laughing but chris knows i'm laughing because i'm with you because i hate will fuller you know i hate will fuller yeah, you must he's love the better, he, yeah he's the better will fuller he's more well-rounded i actually think three's low i i think that's the appeal of kenny stills is now on top of what we talked about a few weeks ago when I said that QT brings more balance to this offense is like when Stills was out, that's when Will Fuller went off. So I think now you put Stills in Will Fuller's role. I'm with you. 
The interesting thing here is number six projected ownership for wide receivers. I told you the people yeah, out there are you. smart. They're, they're very, they're, they're on a lot of these people that we talk about listening to multiple podcasts, reading multiple articles. So they're on them. Uh, Kenny Stills right behind the duo of Chris, one of your boys, Corey Davis, the, the Tennessee duo. So talk about Stills in your opinion and then your Tennessee boys, because it feels like the Ryan Tannehill love is off the charts after one good game. Yeah, you're not going to get Tannehill or Brown or Corey Davis with low ownerships this week. <laughs> Last week was the time to get in on these guys, but the matchup is so nice against the Buccaneers who have allowed the most passing yards per game. Um, so good spots for all of those guys. But for Kenny Stills, I like him as well, three for three here. I, I don't know if I'd go there in cash, but this is a proven guy. I mean, he's hit the 800-yard mark twice in his career. And, I mean, does he have 21 touchdowns in his three years prior playing for the Dolphins? This is, you know, arguably the best quarterback with no disrespect to Drew Brees early on in his career. But this is the best quarterback he's he's had in the last four years at least. So no Will Fuller. Big playability. Saw it last week over 100 yards. Yeah, I think maybe three catches is low. I think him and Kiki Kute will probably both be involved. But I like Hopkins. Like, I'm going to play pay up for Hopkins this week in cash. Number Just one. saw... Yeah, I don't even care about the ownership. Like, I just don't care. It, it, Oakland, we saw it last week. Aaron Rodgers had six touchdowns, five passing. To who? Who did he throw the ball to? I don't even know who he threw the ball to. And Oakland is just pathetic through the air. So I think Watson could, I mean, if you're looking for a stack to pay up for, it's Hopkins and Watkins. You want to get some stills involved there. I think all three are in play. There's so much value to get involved with those guys in cash. Do you remember? I, I know you were tongue in cheek. Do you remember I know who MVS, the five touchdowns were too? MVS, I know, had that long one at the end. Kumaro, I think, had one. I mean, absolutely yep. everyone was was in touchdowns. I and mean, Jones had one again through that the air. Yeah. You forget Jimmy Graham and Jamal Williams. Two running backs. Yeah, two <laughs> running backs. They've been running backs all year, actually, in Green Bay. Both of those guys have been have been really involved. But yeah, no Devontae Adams and Rodgers still shredded that secondary. Joe. So what do you what do you guys got for some other guys in the mid range? I think that's kind of what I was looking at. I guess the guy that's just been burying me lately is Tyler Boyd, but he's got to be back and play at fifty one hundred, right? If you're just looking at his volume, like last Does week, he? fourteen targets. Oh, Jalen Ramsey. I'm not gonna I don't, I don't look. I don't care as much about that stuff as you guys do typically. So I guess that's kind of why I brought him up. You guys just completely avoiding him at fifty one hundred. Just I, I'm, I'm avoiding him because in cash, cash, yeah, in cash I'm avoiding him. He's been you know yep. he's been. The targets have certainly been there. I mean, 14 in his last game, 14 two weeks before that. He is getting a ton of volume. You can make the case for him in tournaments, maybe Odd and Tate. Nobody's thrown the ball more than Andy Dalton this week no, or this year. Nobody. And they can't <laughs> run at all. It's unbelievable. What they have? two rushing yards last week between Gio well, and Mixon. Mixon, yeah, 10, mm -hmm. 10 carries for two Thir yards. 33 from Andy Dalton. He led the team in rushing yards. That is just awful. So the Rams are going to have their way. There's no question. And I, I it is warranted to bring him up, but I just I won't do it in cash against Jalen Ramsey. No, thanks. Okay. So here's here's what I'll say is no, because I don't want the number two wide receiver because the number one's Auden Tate. That, that's what it's turned into. Look, I say that tongue in cheek, but the truth is, is the Chris knows this because we talked about it is the report heading into the season. A lot of people put this out there and they said Tyler Boyd has been remarkably better when AJ Green is out there. And it's something I brought up as a counter argument to a lot of receivers in the past. Chris brought this up as the Juju Smith-Schuster worry heading into this year before Ben Roethlisberger even got hurt is some receivers can't handle being the number one. And 14 targets are 14 targets. You're 100% right, Joe. Like you, any, If you told me 14 targets per week for Tyler Boyd, I'd probably put him out there at this price every single week despite what we've already seen so far. But 
there's something to be said for the quality of the targets too and the quality of the receiver when he's facing a Ramsey or double coverage because certain receivers can't handle it. I don't think Tyler Boyd can handle it. So I'm with you as I don't want to overreact too much, but Jalen Ramsey, the coverage that Tyler Boyd has been seen and then Auden Tate has been better for the entire Auden Tate was even better last week with less than half the targets. So I, I get what you're saying, and I think he's interesting for tournaments, not for cash. But I'm surprised. I thought you were going to go for your mid-range boy, John Brown. Hey, you love John Brown. I played played him last week. I think he's back in play for sure. I don't know. Did we get bailed out a little bit with John Brown last week? We he didn't did, even yeah. have a ton of catches. He just caught that that touchdown. I, I don't know. That one feels. He's all the way up six k now. I loved him when he was in like the mid four k's. But um, people are on this guy. People are getting. I sharper, think he's more like doable on FanDuel than he is on DraftKings. Fair. Fair. Yeah. He, yeah. He, and, he does have ahead, a great, Chris. yeah. He does have a great price there, Jake on on Fanduel for sure. Great matchup, we know that. It was looking early in the week that it was going to just downpour in Buffalo, which kind of got me off of him. But it, it looks like it's clearing up there a little bit. We know about the Eagles secondary, so yeah, he's in a pretty good spot. I mean, it's a cheap stack as well, Josh Allen, John Brown. Yeah, Josh Allen. We'll, we'll talk about quarterbacks for one second because I did want to bring up one more wide receiver because he's burned us quite a few times so far. And Chris knows this because I asked this question on the podcast this week when I said this, and I'll ask the question to you, Joe. Do we stop messing around with Larry Fitzgerald and treating him as a wide receiver too until Christian Kirk is on the field? And that's my point is if Christian Kirk finally makes his return this week and he goes outside and he goes outside in this matchup and you get Larry Fitzgerald against what? P.J. Williams, unless I don't know if he's suspended or not, whatever it might be. But if I said the same thing to Pat Mayo, if the guy behind P.J. Williams can't take over that spot from P.J. Williams, you know how bad that guy must be. So if Christian Kirk is back, do we go back to Larry Fitzgerald even in cash? Because now the opportunity is there where he doesn't have to be the number one guy. Yeah, I don't think either of them are, are going to be cash plays for me. I think that Fitzgerald in particular, like I had to scroll so far down on my spreadsheet just because like the things that I really value, he's just not hitting them. He's 1.5 yards per route run over the last four games. That's horrendous. And and basically what that is, is just consistently, it's been a metric that's shown us some of the best wide receivers in the NFL. I always mention weighted opportunity rating. He's way down in that as well, even with Chris, Christian Kirk out of that. And that's basically just a, a volume-based target share, air yards kind of mixture metric. So yeah, I don't know. Not 5,400. I, I think that I'm just taking shot on someone else, I think, with a little bit more upside at that point. Uh, someone like my boy, Cortland Sutton, who we'll save him mm. for GPPs, but I love that guy this week. For GP, you don't want to do him in cash? I don't know if I'll make it there in cash at the kind of the mid 5K range with all these running backs that I want to play. But yeah, I mean, if you're telling me that Tyler Boyd's a terrible play, I guess Cortland Sutton can't be, it's probably just as bad, right? <laughs> I think, Sutton's a, I think Sutton's a solid play. I mean, he's been pretty consistent. Seven targets, four catches in each game this year. He's hit the 76-yard mark in, in five games. You know, obviously we know that Emmanuel Sanders is gone and, and Jake's boy, Ashawn Hamilton, is going to oh. see an upgrade in the offense. But Sutton has been pretty consistent, and he's not priced as, you know, a guy that has been consistent, especially, I think, over on FanDuel 6K. Another guy that I just wanted to bring up, and, you know, it's – it's New England, and you know it's it's nothing sexy with Julian Edelman, but it's just again consistency. So they bring in Mohamed Sanu. How how involved is Sanu going to be in the offense? I know playing any New England player in in cash can be certainly frustrating, but Julian Edelman is I think he's safe. Josh Gordon is it seems like he's finished with New England, and just recently twenty seven targets over his last two games. So if you're going to play one Patriot, I think it is Julian Edelman. <laughs> just that safe guy. Absolutely. And to, to your point, to go back to what you're saying, Joe, over the last four weeks, Cortland Sutton inside the top 10 on your yeah. per route run. So he's got, this year. He's, yeah, he's got, 
got that mark for him. But yes, yes. I, do you want to do the full screen for everybody watching us, Joe? Do you want to get the full screen so we're about yeah, to go to quarterback? On. We can get the Beowulf jersey because yeah. if you get the Beowulf jersey in the shot, what I will do is I'll, I'll also pull this out because this the Bayshon Hamilton jersey. So yes, yes, so right. Bayshon here oh, as well. Baby, so Bayshon jersey, Bayshon Hamilton jersey. No, I, that was the league that I won with no kicker and left it empty the entire year and refused to put one in for Monday Night Football. And Deshaun Hamilton won me that league because I was down by 15 going into that game. So that, that was the winning. They sent they sent you a jersey if you won that league. So I didn't awesome. buy it. I bought the Beowulf one. I bought. I did. I told you I was. Oh, gonna, I was gonna, I'm still waiting for your Will Fuller. I don't see it behind you yet. What do you mean? I had to wait until he blew up. He scored like 16 <laughs> touchdowns one week. <laughs> I, I think that if anything, that that qualifies me for no longer having to buy the Will Fuller jersey. No, no, that's even more him. reason why you had to. And now he's yeah. hurt, and now he's back in worse place because that's so, what Will so Fuller does. So that's We've what... been over this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk wide receivers. Hey, hey, jokes aside, any interest in Minshew back in, a, in cash because of the price? The price is still bottom at the league. I mean, you can get a very huge discount for what is not a great or bad matchup either way. Yeah, I think Minshew's okay. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna save uh, the kind of talk for Chris when he's gonna go over Matthew Stafford. I'm sure Chris loves him, but I think Stafford's <laughs> a great uh, pay down option this week too. Uh, Minshew. I think I might actually be paying down even further for Ryan Tannehill at that point because it's probably Deshaun Watson up top, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But yeah, if you want a little bit of savings, 5,500 is fine. I think the matchup against the Jets also pretty strong. You get a little bit on the ground. I got no issues with with Minshew. Um, I don't know if he'll end up being super popular in cash, but um, yeah, I think him and Tannehill are the guys that you'll probably be paying down for if you don't end up in that mid-range for uh, our boy Matthew Stafford. He's yeah. sixth. That's what I'm holding up. He's sixth. He's Minshew at eight... is sixth? Yep, 8% projected ownership, which is actually kind of high if you think about how flat. We talk about it all the time, how flat quarterbacks are. Uh, you mentioned all of the guys, Chris, because your boy, these. Matthew Stafford, is number one. Deshaun Watson, number two. Ryan Tannehill, number three. You left out one. If you want to pay up for him, I'm surprised because that he's number four because you do have to pay up. He's the highest priced one, but he's been so dang good with the best matchup you could think of is Russell Wilson. Yeah, Russell Wilson makes a lot of sense. I mean, and all of these guys make a lot of sense. I'm, I'm not going to go there in cash for Minshew. <laughs> I like the jersey. You <laughs> no, know, you're Chris going there for Stafford, again, though. I get it. But, yeah, no, I will. And I'm not totally worried about ownerships in, in cash, you know, especially for, you know, quarterbacks. You know, I play a lot of head-to-heads and, and some double-ups where, there, you know, there's not a lot of people in the contest. And, you know, from quarterback standpoint, I do expect Matthew Stafford to be highly owned. I mean, the price is there. Carry-on's out, like we said. The Giants, I mean, they ranked 27th in past DVOA, according to Football Outsiders. And, and it's just been it's been really strong for him over the last three games. So, like the two weapons, again, a lot to like there. But I don't know if I'll go there. I mean, I agree with Joe. I'd rather just spend down for Ryan Tannehill. I know it's risky uh. in cash. This is where we're at, but... Listen, he was pretty good last week. 23 for 29, two touchdowns. Uh, he didn't run around last week, but he has before in the past. He's got some some sneakiness to him in terms of kind of calling his own shot there. And it's again, it's the Buccaneers. This defense is just so brutal. You don't know what Jameis Winston's going to, you know, what he's going to do. Is he going to throw three or four picks? Then, you know, you get set up in a decent field position for Tennessee. He used both of his weapons. This is something Mariota hasn't done all year. He, he used Corey Davis. He used A.J. Brown. If he wants to have success and keep continuing to start, he's going to throw the football to those two guys. They're both really good wide receivers. So I like Tannehill. And I was going to get really nuts, and I won't do this in, in cash. But, I mean, if you're looking to save and $4,700 for Matt Schaub, if there's no Matt Ryan, I know it's a little gross. But, man, the things you can do with your lineup with $4,700 quarterback. 
I'm sorry, Chris. I think your connection has been dropped. Um, so. <laughs> six for six, 65 yards, a touchdown. I know it all came in garbage time. He's got some weapons. It, well, yeah, of course he's got some weapons, but uh, whew, I, there's no way. And I'm not doing the Ryan Tannehill thing, Cash. Like I could be 100% wrong. It is the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers also get pressure. despite It's similar to the Eagles. You don't run against them. They get pressure, but they're abysmal against the pass at the same time. They're very similar defense. And I got to tell you, if you told me Ryan Tannehill against the Eagles, I don't think I'd feel that good either. It's Ryan Tannehill, recency bias. Yes, I just I don't know if I can do it. I'm not saying you're wrong to do it. I'm just saying I don't feel good about it. So well, I won't do it in cash. Like it, That's again, a really good point. Too, I think that like the, the pressure, I was just looking at some of the quarterbacks that do extremely poorly under pressure, at least historically. Tannehill is like the worst on the slate for someone that actually like doesn't handle pressure well. And like you said, uh, if Tampa Bay can get a little bit, uh, yeah, that could be what ruins people in cash this week. So I like that you brought it up. Yeah. All right, I, so again, I wouldn't one. do it. I wouldn't suggest in cash. Okay. Last one. Because now we have to assume there's no way they're rolling him out there unless he's okay 100%. Drew Brees plays. Is he almost a free square quarterback? I mean, the price is decent. (laughs) Yeah, I guess Arizona. I I know. I mean, Michael Thomas is there. Tough matchup for him, but even still, Michael Thomas. You will never see Drew Brees at this price. Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to look to see what he was earlier, and he was actually $100 cheaper week one, but... Yeah, he's he's pretty okay. cheap for a guy coming up. <laughs> Again, you want to see this price? What, what's his price? He's not in any of my models right now. What's his price? 63. 63 on DK. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, 63 yeah. on DK. Is an, I, I was thinking Fandle. Isn't yeah, he the you're right. Fandle, he is. Yeah, yeah. yeah you got to really scroll scroll down. He's $7,200. Yeah. Um, that, that's more so what I was looking at than anything. Yeah, that's that's a good call. You, I mean, he's cheaper than Mayfield and Rivers and Carson Wentz and Buffalo in a brutal spot. Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't throw the ball. So, yeah, he's a much better play on Fandle. Yeah, he stands out pretty – he does stand out over there, actually. It's a Taysom Hill discount, right? So when he runs in the touchdown and they don't throw it twice this week, then they can just uh, at least say that they paid less than everyone else. <laughs> the Taysom. I don't, I don't play Brees. I, I just – he doesn't run, and the Taysom Hill thing, it buried me a couple times last year, so I think I usually X him out uh, quicker than most people. But, yeah, amazing spot, great price. He's probably fine, just probably not for me. A guy we should All probably right. talk about that we never talk about, Jake, is Jacoby Brissett. And, you know, you wonder where his, his ceiling is, but this guy leads the league in touchdowns per game, 2.3. I mean, he's been pretty consistent, and – I know it's the Marlon Mack show there. They they tend to lean on him a little bit. The matchup is not awful, but, you know, you're playing on Fandle, 16 Fandle points in five of his six games. There's a decent floor there. He runs a little bit. His worst game of the season came in KC, but that was just all Marlon Mack, kind of part of the game script. I don't think we talk enough about the Colts and this offensive line and what Frank Reich has been able to do with Jacoby Brissett. He's pretty efficient, and it just seems to be a safe floor there with him. It's so an nice. interesting one. I, I think that... Yeah, I like that he's he's running a good amount. My, my biggest concern is Denver is actually the third best team in the league at defending the short passes, and Jacoby has been one of those guys that's just been checking it down a ton. So that would be my bigger concern. But, I mean, at that price, I think that you'll be unique because I think a lot of people are probably just going to pay down at that point to, for Tannehill. So uh, interesting price on him. For sure. All right. So let's talk tight ends this week. It's pretty easy at this point. Joe is you kind of pay up for the big guys. I know you keep trying to find and I'm not saying this till I come after you or you keep trying to find cheaper guys. But uh, OJ Howard didn't practice again today. It, it, do Cameron Brait, does he possibly give us an option? Delaney Walker being out, does that potentially give us a John o. Smith or is it just kind of tried to pay up at this point? Yeah, I think that Johnny Smith probably my favorite of that group. If I was to kind of uh, get all the way down there, but 
I don't know it, to the point of like Darren Waller versus kind of like the Mark Andrews thing last week. Like it's so brutal when it's like that close of a call between two guys. And if you guess wrong, 35 point swing. So like that just is so brutal last week. Like I, I haven't seen anyone play as bad as Andrews played that last week than in anyone in a long time. So I think Waller's Ingram, probably going to be chalk, right? Wouldn't you guys say that a lot of people are just going to pay all the way up again? They would. You uh, you called Evan Ingram possibly being hurt by Golden Tate. Kudos to you on that one. And then Rhett Elson stole the touchdown. He was expensive, freaking... man. Wasn't he like 6,500 last week on draft? Yeah, yeah, they're all up there. So is it Austin Hooper, even with Matt Schaub, Chris? Oh boy, Matt Schaub to Hooper. Um, I mean, what about <laughs> Hunter Henry? Let's not get too cute here. He's $4,900. His price hasn't really jumped. I mean, he was 4K last week. We're, we're worried about him being chalky. I don't know. He's got 22 targets, 18 catches, 257 yards in three games. I mean, 85 yards per game ranks first among tight ends. His six catches per game ranks third. He's getting a ton of volume, and he just seems to be the number one option for Phillip Rivers and a team that's really struggled to, to run the football since Melvin Gordon's been back. So I'm just going to take the price point, $4,900, and lock him in. Well, on FanDuel, he's 60, it's 69 for Kittle, 68 for Waller, 67 for Henry, and 66 for Hooper. Well, DK's snoozing. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> Hunter Henry, even at $6,700, it's fine. I mean, $100 more for Waller, I guess it's fine. It's the one, two guys. Those are the two guys that I feel safest about Hooper. I don't know without Matt Ryan. And Zach Ertz, I guess, could be okay. Uh, no Matt no Matt Milano in, you know, for, for the Bills, who's probably their best linebacker in terms of coverage. And you saw <laughs> Gazeki had his, his best game of the season last week when he went down. He, I know he only had four yeah, catches. Yeah, finally, Joe. <laughs> I only had four catches, but I mean, he at least showed up. So potentially one of the two, but maybe not there in cash, you know, between Ertz and Goddard, maybe you can take a shot on, on either of those guys in, in tournaments, but I'm not going to get too cute here with tight ends. I'm going to go Waller or Henry. Well, there's one Joe. Uh, we're, we're not. Hey, I just mentioned Rhett Ellison and we don't have the worst tight end in the history of the world to, in, in front of Josh Hill to deal with. Josh Hill's facing the Cardinals. Five thousand on FanDuel, super cheap on DraftKings. Are you really shaking your head at Josh Hill? No chance, man. I don't know. I, I, I struggle. <laughs> I guess that's kind of brutal for me to say because I've recommended no fans a couple of times this this uh, this season. <laughs> It's just well, let me ask you this, Joe. Hard, this is man. a legitimate question when it comes to Josh Hill. Sure. Because we this is now the Drew Brees situation side of it. Mm -hmm. we, we talk about it all the time, and we say Drew Brees just spreads the ball around. And if it's probably not going to be Josh Hill, it'll be whoever, Dan Arnold, if he's active again. So if it's Teddy Bridgewater, do you feel a little bit better about Josh Hill? Because at least he doesn't spread the ball around as much as Drew Brees? That's true. And one thing that I always kind of talk about, too, at tight end that's so important is team total. And it's a pretty massive team total for for New Orleans. So if he does end up being the one that gets there, maybe you do think that Patrick Peterson is going to take away Michael Thomas. I think he would make some sense if you really wanted to pay all the way down. But I like the Goddard call. I think if you're going to go all the way down there, um, he would be the guy that, that I would probably prefer um, if we don't end up seeing any other value open up. I know we briefly touched on Johnny Smith, but $2,800 on DraftKings, if there's no Delaney Walker, I mean, it's probably gonna be pretty popular, but that's, I mean, if you're going to spend down at tight end, that's the way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe we're talking about these guys. All right. So let's move <laughs> tight end. man. I know this so is so sad. So let's talk about, let, let's get our GPP lineup or well, not lineups, but let's talk about the GPP plays. I should say. You down with GPP. And as always, I forgot to talk defenses, but we've kind of been looping them at the end of GPPs anyway. So let's just forget defenses for now. We'll come back to them. 
running back GPPs. I, this has generally been Joe kind of, we're not that much different because it's pay up for running backs for that safety, for that reliability. And we kind of chase more wide receivers so far. Sure. Yeah. I think that one guy that makes a lot of sense. So I think at running back, it's more of like a, a price pivot thing for me. So if, if Chris Carson ends up being super chalky, like Le'Veon Bell at 6,900, only a hundred less, like on FanDuel, it's a huge difference, right? So Chris Carson's 8K, Le'Veon Bell's, Bell is 7K, but on DraftKings, it's so much closer. I, I don't think a lot of people are going to click Le'Veon. Um, he's still someone that's going to get great usage, great usage in the passing game. I guess think the ceiling uh, is definitely worse. I, I mentioned total yards over the last four when I was talking about Christian McCaffrey and Leonard Fournette. Um, but same kind of thing with Bell, but it's like drastically different, right? So Bell, uh, 70 yards per game, total yards over the last four. Chris Carson's over at 125. So at that point, I mean, Chris Carson's certainly the the higher equity play, but I think that he makes a decent price pivot on DraftKings in particular. Yeah, Chris Carson is number four. Le'Veon Bell is down by, he's 10th. So there you go, to your point. Actually a 9% gap in projected ownership. Yeah, like Bell. Chris? Yeah, Bell's a great play, and you know we've been talking about him. He just he hasn't had that blow up game yet. I do believe it's coming. The schedule gets a little bit lighter for him. You know, you're right. Even in in a tough matchup against New England, in terms of just yards per carry, that was his his best showing as a Jet. I mean, 70 yards on 15 carries. wasn't really involved in in the passing game, but it was just such a a tough matchup. I mean, they scored zero points against New England, so it gets it gets a lot easier against Jacksonville. I know Todd Gurley is going to be a little bit expensive. If Gurley can't have a solid game on the ground against the Bengals, he may be done. I mean, really, you look at the yards per carry for Gurley, 2.3, 3.4, 3.2, 3.1, 3.9. It's been very, very mediocre. But this Bengals team has allowed a league-worst 189 rushing yards per game. Gurley's still involved through the air. Even though he wasn't efficient last week on the ground, he had the receiving touchdown. So he's still kind of involved in the passing game. Just This is a Bengals team that they have so many injuries. They're checked out. We said it last week. I think it was over 500 yards of rushing they had allowed in back-to-back weeks. And then and then even last week was just not great. So Fournette didn't find the end zone, but he had a decent game. So I, I have no problem going to Gurley. I won't go there in tournaments, but I think he's a decent – or Cash, I think he's a decent tournament play. What do you think? I, let's go back to that Lions thing. What about J.D. McKissick? If everybody's going to be on Ty Johnson, to your point about the price point and pivoting, and what if it ends up being a McKissick game, kind of like a James White type of situation, Joe? Yeah, I think like super large field, maybe that would make some sense. It's really hard to to get on board with that kind of uncertainty. That's like my biggest issue with, uh, I guess, the play in general going after a Detroit running back this week. But yeah, I, I think it would get super low ownership on him for sure. I guess we haven't, I, I guess kind of circle back quickly and talk Gurley. That price scares me for a guy that just hasn't shown much mobility. Like he's kind of like a straight line runner at this point. And that, that scares me. Like it's, it's a great matchup for sure. He could usually easily kind of run his way into a few touchdowns, but 7,400, you need a lot from him at that point. Um, and I actually don't have him projected for as many catches as a lot of these other guys we've been uh, kind of talking about, but um, it's an interesting one. I mean, kind of being first on a guy if he's not truly done, but at the same time, uh, being able to realize if he's done, getting off that train makes some sense as well. All right. Well, then let me give you one more and same question for you, Chris. One team we really haven't talked about a lot and I'll bring him up again. We'll pivot. Hey, stay with this team and go right to right to wide receiver. We can say all that. To, uh, white to white to receive us. Uh, the, the Nick Chubb Patriots. Like everybody's just off Patriots. If you look at who they played so far. OK, fantasy wise defense there. It's been amazing. Let's talk about real life and real life quarterbacks they face in real life offensive they face. Yes, I still think they're a great defense, but 
maybe, maybe they're just, you know, not been tested so far. They're facing Nick Chubb. They're facing Odell Beckham. Baker Mayfield has been miserable. The offensive line has been miserable. Yes. But coming off this bye for how good Nick Chubb is for Nick Chubb to be under Carlos Hyde, Dare Ogumba Wale, JD McKissick, David Montgomery in ownership. Is this not a pivot opportunity, Joe? I love it. I, he was one of the guys that I was going to bring up, actually. Um, I was kind of picturing either Hammer Le'Veon Bell being like the Chris Carson pivot, but Chubb is 6,600 uh, 6, on DraftKings, 77 on FanDuel. I don't think many people are going to click that against the Patriots, but he's still someone that's really popping as far as his yards from scrimmage over the last four. So I, I think that he's someone that if we do, do get some usage in the passing game at that price, he really stands out if we don't end up getting uh, the value of someone like Chase Edmonds or Latavius at that point. Of course, I'd rather have those guys. Yeah, Chubb is interesting. He was a great pivot, I think, a couple weeks ago as well when they played Baltimore. He had the the big game, 165 yards, when everybody was out on Cleveland, and nobody's going to be in. Nobody's going to be in on Cleveland this week. And Odell Beckham Jr. is probably going to get shut down by Belichick and Stephon Gilmore. I think we can agree on that. So it could be a lot of Chubb. It could be a lot of Landry. No, you're not feeling that. I mean, Odell's been shut down in games this Baltimore completely took him away. I have a lot of confidence in Gilmore and Belichick that their focus is going to be on Odell. So it could mean a lot of Chubb. And in terms of just DK points per game on this slate, third most, he's been pretty consistent. Nobody's really talking about Chubb this year. So he's the goal line back. Kareem Hunt's not involved. He's catching balls out of the backfield. I like that call as well. And I'm going to actually roll the dice on, on probably Austin Eckler. Uh, I wonder what the Chargers, it's, nobody knows what the Chargers are going to do if they're going to just say, heck, we were almost undefeated with Eckler, and ever since Melvin Gordon's been in here, we've been awful. We haven't won a game. We gave him two chances at the one. He couldn't get in. But Eckler, especially on DraftKings, where he's down under 6K now, 25 catches in his last three games. We just saw Latavius Murray have a, a monster game against this Bears defense. So I don't. I know it's really risky. I don't think people are going to go there, and that's what I like. I, I, Joe, you brought up great points with Gurley. That's what I want. I want people to be scared off these guys in tournaments. I want to try to get a low ownership running back with a high ceiling. See, and that's why I say hmm, it not because I don't think Stefan Gilmore can lock down Odell Beckham, and I don't think the Patriots can stop Odell Beckham and focus on him. I'm just saying I've also seen teams try to do it before in the past, and Odell Beckham be Odell Beckham. So that's the, it was more so, I guess, the tone felt like it was a certainty. And I would say, you know, of course, we're throwing, hey, this is a kind of a statty type of show, like percentage wise. I think there's like a 20% chance Odell Beckham smashes. 20 is not great for Odell Beckham. No, but it is when it's at a discounted price at a zero, like essentially kind of like what a 2% ownership. I mean, that's what's projected right now. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's what you see in the majority of your, if your leagues that you're not leagues are uh, uh, games that you're playing. And so for that opportunity, again, Joe said it before when we're talking about the McKissick type of situation, I think that's similar. It's like, it's a big field. It's a big field. Maybe one out of your 10 lineups. I'm not looking to have a high ownership, but I'm just, I'm not going to write off Oda Beckham hundred percent is basically what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't want to write him off either. I mean, it's just Baker Mayfield in this offensive line. I mean, he's got five. Well, here's the comparison. 11 picks. Would you rather start Odell Beckham at a decreased price and ownership that's around Jerron Brown, Philip Dorsett, Nelson Aguilar, Anthony Miller, Jacoby Myers. I mean, that's where he is. Yeah, no, it's clear. We brought him up a couple weeks ago. Same thing against Seattle. You know, nobody was in on this guy. He just came off a down game against San Fran where he got two balls and then he had 100 yards. And Jake, you said it a couple of times, probably the quietest 100 yard game, you know, all anybody's year. ever was, had. Yeah, nobody really talking about him. But that, that range in DK, I mean, there's some interesting guys. They all come in in a row like Mike Evans, Odo Beckham Jr., Keenan Allen. I think, you know, most people are out on a lot of those guys. Keenan's been well, what very about disappointing. Keenan Allen? 
Yeah, I w- again, I would take a shot. If I was going to take a shot on one of the three, it may, it may be Keenan Allen. I think maybe they just try to go back to what was working for them earlier in the year. But again, Hunter Henry's getting a lot of targets there. I don't mind a shot on any of those guys because one guy we never talked about is Godwin. I think we're just forgetting how good he's been this season. For the <laughs> bye, he was leading every single category in wide receiver, among wide receivers. Yeah, a lot, lot to kind of unpack there. I think that the Odell thing, like that that week that you guys were talking about, um, I, I actually ended up playing him at a similar price point, but the Seattle matchup still feels different to me than uh, than New England. I could see it maybe uh, working out, but at 6,500, like you said, I think I prefer to go to someone like Mike Evans at that point, just someone that I think um, has a little bit of a higher ceiling. Um, I don't know if there's going to be a ton of ownership there regardless the the Keenan Allen thing I I still struggle a little bit because I'm a little bit on the the Mike Williams train still just his price hasn't really moved and he's still seeing uh, a large chunk of those air yards again the Chargers too over the last three weeks have thrown more than any team in the NFL so uh, Mike Williams like he almost had a touchdown last week he's still like someone that is like that big target in the end zone at 4k I'm gonna keep firing at at Mike Williams he's he was in my pool until really late for uh, for my main team last week, and I expect them to be there again this week. All right, so let me bring up one more name for you guys. And I don't know, part of it, people see the matchup. People, You brought up the quarterback before, Chris. I'll give you a hint there. How about, here's another one. I'll give you another hint. Chris Harris is talking about shutting him down this week. I am going to be all over stopping T.Y. Hilton tournament play, T.Y. Hilton. I mean, or is the Chris Harris concern enough for you guys to say, uh, no thanks? Yeah, I don't. I don't think I'm good. I know I brought up Jacoby. Uh, interesting, maybe stack in tournaments. You go Jacoby and and Ty, but yeah, Chris Harris does scare me. I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I wasn't even on Ty last week, which buried me. Just at the ownership and whatnot. I guess I struggle a little bit with the uh, the combination of Ty and Jacoby, just because I mean, you would think that Ty is a guy that would have just like this massive downfield upside, but he's just not pushing it downfield. So, um, not so much interested in that one. I don't think. Jake, there's a couple other guys we haven't brought up. I mean, Seattle, Russell Wilson, right against Atlanta. Every team is torching. I mean, Tyler Lockett seems obvious at this point. We didn't bring him up in cash. Is the targets, they haven't really been there. He's been so efficient, you know, catching the, the few targets that he gets. He gets touchdowns. But I also have some interest in, in DK Metcalf as well. I you know, think if, if a lot of people are in on Carson and his ownership is high, maybe you do fade away from the run game and you try, you know, a couple of these wide receivers. He's seventh at wide receiver projected ownership. Ty, it's crazy. No, DK Metcalf or DK Metcalf is seventh. Yes, yes. That's why I didn't bring him up. I should have said that's why I wasn't bringing him up. Like that's, I was shocked to see it that high. But the truth is, if people haven't seen the stat, this is an insane stat. For as many touchdowns he's scored already, he has mm-hmm. ten red zone targets and zero touchdowns on them. That's insane. Unreal. Yeah, and Disley gone. Right, he was Wilson's favorite target in the red zone. Yeah. So What's I mean, ownership on Lockett. Lockett's, I think, right there. By yeah, he's two spots behind him. He's it's DK Metcalf, Michael Thomas, Tyler Lockett. Both pretty much makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> people are too smart. <laughs> like overthinking it. I'm like I'm doing this. I, I feel like there's there's certain times where it's like, oh, there's no way this guy is going to be owned. Like he's such a sharp kind of under the radar play. But people are looking at the right things now. Or at least there's like a lot of good content out for it now. So it's just like you can overthink it at times too. 
these guys that you think are going to be sneaky are just not like there's this, I heard someone talking about like the Rams wide receivers last week, even someone like like Cooks, like is popping in, in air yards, that sort of thing. But like it's like 20 percent on in tournaments like last year, year before that, he's like sub five percent. It just it's crazy. Yeah. Recency bias was such a thing a couple of years ago. Nobody would want anything to do with Cooper Cup this week. Yeah. Like Cooper Cup's an interesting guy to bring up, too. I mean, earlier in the year, since he was great against slot wideouts, but um, you saw last week, D.D. Westbrook popped. He had a great game. And now Cooper Cup. You know, some people I, I heard on one DFS show is I'm not touching Cooper Cup. No way. I mean, this guy burned me two weeks in a row. Well, he still had 10 catches in his last two games. It's still pretty decent. Um, I'm smiling because that's exactly where I was going next for you guys is that we didn't mention the Rams in cash. We haven't mentioned him yet, but now we're bringing him up because to your point. So Cooper Cup is the highest projected owner ownership so far of the Rams wide receivers, but He's not even inside the top 15. He's down by Larry Fitzgerald and Mike Williams. To go further, Brandon Cooks is down by Bayshawn Hamilton and Kiki Cutie. To go even further, Robert Woods is barely inside the top 50, down by Curtis Samuel, Muhammad Sanu, and Emmanuel Sanders, two people that just got traded. Wow. And Woods coming off one of his better games of the season, right? 80 yards and five grabs. Interested. I, w- I wouldn't avoid those guys. Rams could score 50 points this week in London. It's a tough one to sift through. Like, I always kind of struggle with these guys because I think it's so much different than it was in years past where it was kind of spread out like Cooper Cup until the last couple of weeks. Like, he's just been such a big part of their team this year. So, like, going back to him, if you think that um, I, I was never really willing to buy that he was like the new Michael Thomas in terms of volume. Uh, but I do think that Cooper Cup uh, going back to him uh, would be solid. I mean, if he's still going to be he's still going to be owned for sure. And he's expensive. So you're going to have to make it work but Cincinnati seems like a great spot to jump back on the Rams in general uh minus Gurley in my opinion Jake if you want to be ultra contrarian give me some ownerships on the Jets and we just saw Sam (laughs) we just saw Sam Darnold on primetime seeing ghosts everyone's talking about that I mean Robbie Anderson and Jamison Crowder checks in at under five it's it's not an awful matchup against Jacksonville there's no Jalen Ramsey anymore uh here's the crazy thing all three of the wide receivers are at two percent ownership which doesn't sound like a lot but they're down around Brandon Cooks, Keenan Allen, Tyrell Williams, Demarius. Well, there's Demarius Thomas, obviously. Cole Beasley, Alshon Jeffrey. That's what that's the group that they're in. So they're not, they're off, but they're not 100% off. Yeah. I, I have no interest in, in Demarius, but, or really Crowder, but Robbie Anderson is the deep threat guy. I mean, 16 targets in his last two games with Sam Darnold. Is, I mean, I'm not going to ignore eight targets for a guy under 5K. I'm surprised there's that much, Joe, even because the people still AJ Bouye is still really good, but Jalen Ramsey's gone. And it is, I mean, Jacksonville has been good, but again, it's not, I actually don't, I think their defenses are pretty similar. Like it's not a good matchup. It's not one to avoid. Yeah. I think both. I mean, I like a lot. Chris kind of mentioned a lot of the things that I was going to mention in, in this situation. I think that, yeah, people are kind of scared off of this defense. I'm not quite sure why. I, I think that um, I don't, there's a couple really cheap options from that game that can, um, help you kind of get elsewhere um, at other positions that are more important. Um, but Le'Veon's still the guy that I think I prefer in that offense. Um, I think Le'Veon and Fournette are fine together. I always feel like I should mention that because people, I, I get at least one tweet per week. It's like, can you play these two running backs in the same game in the same lineup? If they're pass catching running backs, yeah, I think you can. I think that the ceiling's fine either way. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting game, that's for sure. I think that's going to be lower on than most people realize. All right. So, any quarterback picks for you guys? Hey, Chris. You know who's super, 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 super low owned projected ownership? Matt Schaub. You, you, no, Daniel Jones. You want to go to Daniel Jones? Uh, no, no, I don't. <laughs> um, yeah, not going there again. I, I was, I 
you know, I had him last week and it was a mistake. Yeah, Jones. I, I don't think I'll play I him the rest you. of the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe when Shepard gets back, who knows? Maybe I'll I'll throw some money away there. But no, not actually. At just so you know, sorry to jump in, but just so you know, there was a report while we're doing this show that said Sterling Shepard a strong possibility he doesn't suit up still this week. Yeah, now, Jones was interesting when he was fifty-two, fifty-one. No, he wasn't. He's not at six K, not or close to it. No thanks. What about Tom Brady? He's behind Mitch Trubisky in projected ownership. I don't know. I haven't played Tom Brady in like three years, so you guys would be better after. <laughs> Me neither. Uh, I don't play Tom either. Maybe it's a mistake. I don't know. I just I'm not actually sold on this New England offense. I just feel like you know we've said it a couple times. They just had such a cakewalk schedule. And I saw a stat the other day. I wish I could remember who it was from so I can give them some credit. But if New England's offense didn't even take the field, they would have three wins still. Like unbelievable stuff. With all their points <laughs> coming from defense. It's it's crazy. Yeah. So Tom, I'm I'm out on Tom, but I. The only pad I would play, I think, is is Julian Edelman, and even in tournaments, I just his ceiling is not high enough for me to go there. How about what, Tom in your XFL lineup next year? <laughs> what's great about Edelman, though, just to, I mean, I think he would be the guy that I'd be going after too. He's the one that like the constant, right? The team, like the one guy on that lot, like in that lineup that you really know exactly what you're getting. I just really try and avoid these teams where I, I truly have no idea what they're going to do week in and week out. It's not even that they're just always like kind of going after weaknesses. Like they're just I don't know outsmarting everyone including me so i i tend to avoid those situations in single entry yeah i feel like well, let's just go to tight end i feel like tight end is kind of similar to quarterback is you know it, it, you you can't get too cute i mean if you're going to get too cute you're just gonna more often than not hurt yourself so are we talking about the same guys joe or is it the same guys at tight end that we were talking about before for cash one guy we didn't mention uh gerald everett like we were just talking about the rams i think he's the guy that i actually really like this week so just looking i mean it's green across the board like they're they're one of those teams that can project for a ton of plays this week massive total we know we need that at tight end um he's running the second most routes over the last four games uh to austin hooper um on the slate like we know that like that's part of the reason that that robert woods has been as like not as effective this year hasn't scored a touchdown um, it's because of Gerald Everett and his usage in the red zone. So I think if we get Gerald Everett, like sub 5%, like he'd be a nice piece of this game to attack. Like if we want to attack Cincy, I think, I think that we could do it with someone like Everett for sure. And kind of avoid uh, the rest of the mess for the Rams. Yeah. I like the Everett ninth, call. He is ninth right now, Chris. He is 5% projected ownership right now. Nice. Let's go. Yeah, I like it. 34 targets the most among tight ends over the last four weeks. And we we know, we said it, I think, a couple weeks ago where they play San Fran. Goff missed him in the end zone. And Everett had a touchdown last week, but Goff missed him again. And obviously that's, you know, you get a little scared with Goff as your quarterback. But even still, like, those opportunities are absolutely there. So Joe Burke is up a great point. And that's, that he's exactly right on Cooks or Woods. You know, he just hasn't been the same guy this year. And Ger- Gerald Everett is cutting into a lot of that. Yes. What about I'll give you guys one more because they have been abused by tight ends so far. That's being the Raiders. Darren Fells. It was interesting, but he's gone quiet. So now everybody's completely off of him. Yeah, I'm not going to go there at that price. Thirty four. It does make sense. Maybe the the one touchdown he can get. Um, well, he has some now, big games, too. There, there's a couple guys like. I don't know if you're going to do some dart throws. I mean, Ricky Seals Jones has got two touchdowns in his last three games. If nah. Odell Beckham Jr. gets shut down, I mean, he's cheaper. I know it's blah, but like this is what it's come to. He's actually more <laughs> expensive on FanDuel. Is it to this whole point that like, Josh Hill is still cheaper than Darren Fells? I just brought up another name just to throw out there. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, Don't it wasn't really good. It was all, all these guys that. feel kind of similar at that point, right? Like if you're playing MME, just like sprinkle them in, hope to catch fire. Well, 
explain what you but a lot of people might not know what you mean when you so say if that. you're playing a lot of lineups right like just like a position like this where there's going to be a ton of variance and if you are paying down for some of these guys it would make more sense to play like five to ten percent of these guys instead of just like planting your flag on a tight end that's sub 3k and having them in 50 percent of your teams like that's how i would approach it yeah okay i just i just wanted you to explain because a lot of yeah, people sure. might have understood what you said for the multi-entry situation all right so let's talk defenses both cash and tournament are you looking i guess that's the real question chris do you usually just play the same defense in both or do you ever play a different because i usually go with just the defense that i like the week i don't i usually try to differentiate between the two and that's why i think in my mind why i usually forget to bring them up in cash because it's just always the same defense yeah last last couple of weeks i've been getting real nuts with my defense i mean washington at under 2k last week i played them because of the the rain and you know <laughs> they returned value the week before that i we i think we talked about this i played the jets at at 1500 and even though they only had i think two points it's still <laughs> what you were able to do with the rest of your lineup is great but it's it's so risky to, to not play the pats and what they're doing it's it's unbelievable so yeah i, I guess to answer your question I, I usually am in on the pats when they play gonna like the rams this week and the 49ers have been one of my favorite defenses all year too uh, i know it's against cmc and, and allen's done a good job of taking care of the football but this is a defense that i really respect they get after the quarterback a ton yeah, I love the the San Francisco call. That was one of the ones I was looking at. Just quarterbacks that really struggle under pressure that will see pressure. So I think that that's a that's a great one um, with, with San Francisco. I, I think it's going to be a, a decent spot if, if a lot of people are going to roll out Ryan Tannehill, just like grabbing a little bit of leverage with Tampa Bay. Like they don't they don't pressure at an elite rate by any means, like kind of middle of the pack. But like if they do end up getting to Tannehill, and we know that this Tennessee offensive line has been really poor this year. I mean, Tannehill is a guy that will make mistakes. So I think that that's. A really interesting one only 2500 on DraftKings. i know they're not a home favorite or anything like that we typically would prefer that um but yeah the patriots like it's really hard to project these guys at this point it's been nice not having them on the main slate uh so yeah no issues with going all the way up to them it's just always tough to do in roster construction so i'll give you two actually three technically uh if you're gonna pay up and you don't want to go to the patriots a low projected ownership for some reason i guess maybe everybody thinks kyle allen winning games is going to continue or whatever the 49ers projected ownership is behind the eagles it's down by the chargers and i guess maybe it's because of the price i'm not sure but if you're going to give me the 49ers opportunity for anything, I mean, it's still Kyle Allen, guys. Like, Kyle Allen at some point, you know, <laughs> he's not lighting the world on fire. He's doing fine. So I, I will jump on that for more of a tournament because I don't you know, generally like to spend too much at defense when you have opportunities. So two of the opportunities I'm looking at is one of the most underrated defenses so far this year is the Colts. If you want to talk about, you know, opportunity for there going against Denver and Joe Flacco. So Joe Flacco proved last week he shouldn't even be a quarterback anymore. And then the other one against Daniel Jones, the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions secondary is still one of the better units who's actually coming off a disappointing showing. And I think that's why the projected ownership is so low on the Lions is that you're going to get the Lions as one of the cheaper options against Daniel Jones. They could easily pick them off two or three times. Yeah, Lions is a great call. Uh, I like that one as well. And, you know, you toss out the Eagles, and I know their defense hasn't been great, but Josh Allen has turned the ball over like quite it. a bit, right? Seven touchdowns, seven picks. He's got three fumbles. He's, you know, he's fumbles actually fumbled five. Yeah, he fumbles a ton, that guy. So, I mean, if you are if you want to spend down, I mean, it's not awful. But I do like the Lions well. Love the Philly, uh, Philly, uh, Philadelphia call. Just in general, if just over the last – 
four weeks, uh, no team on the slate has pressured more than the Philadelphia defensive line. Uh, shout out Sports Info Solutions with that great pressure data. So, um, yeah, I, I think that Philly at that price versus Josh Allen, someone that'll make mistakes. And I, they've actually been a little bit more pass heavy than I realized as well. They're above average in their pass percentage over the last three games. That's my biggest issue with like attacking someone like Joe Flacco is just Denver doesn't throw enough um, to really have as many opportunities there but it is joe flacco so i'm with you <laughs> it is joe flacco all right so let's talk our stacks and then our lineups and we'll get out of here stack attack who wants to go first you all right chris go, go. Ahead, chris. i knew you were gonna do that should i go high or low what do you want high or low Oh, we're playing poker over here. That's right. Uh, we'll go high. All in kid, right? All right. Yeah. High is uh, <laughs> Watson to Hopkins to Kenny no. Stills. No. Uh, see, I knew somebody <laughs> was going to say first. it. That's why I was going to take, take it away <laughs> from somebody. On. You should have said low, so I, I could have gone another way. But yeah, that's, that's the Tennessee. stack. Yeah. Yes. No, I like it. Do it. Go low with Tennessee. <laughs> All right, you go, you go, Jay, because now I got to find a new sack. <laughs> no, I'm not going Tennessee. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. Uh, I, you know what? I'll go. And this is contingent, obviously, but if I get Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara at those prices and they're both out there, I'm going to go Thomas Kamara, Drew Brees all day long. Now, if that's not out there, I'll pivot and still go high. I'll go another one high for you, Chris, for, the, for that set. Although I do save a little bit. I know the DK Metcalf projected ownership is high, but Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett no. are low. No. <laughs> they just took your other one. So <laughs> there, there's your one right there. So that now Joe's gonna like, we'll do a five minute pause. We need like that uh, technical really difficulties panicking. music. <laughs> you guys are too sharp, man. Uh, no, I, I love the rough DK call too. Um, so my third choice, uh, which I still like quite a bit, uh, we'll go with Matthew Stafford to Kenny Galladay. If everyone's just gonna jump on the Marvin Jones train after those. Those touchdowns, I think Galladay makes some sense, especially since his price is a little bit elevated. But Matthew Stafford, we probably didn't talk about him enough uh, this week. I think he's one of the best options if you're going to pay down a little bit. Doesn't give you much on the ground. But if you guys can you guys remember a week where Matthew Stafford was in like just this amazing spot and he was super chalky and just totally failed us? Like I can think of a lot of other guys that have uh, hurt me more, I think. So I think this team, like they're going to throw it up. To, um, like Stafford, like quietly is having an amazing season. Yes. Like his yards per attempt. Uh, second in the league, uh, average intended uh, intended air yards. So similar metric. He's second on the slate as well. So I, I love Stafford this week against the Giants. I think you could do a lot worse than that. So here's one we didn't bring up a tight end. Would you throw in Holkinson? I would not <laughs> compared to all the other guys that we talked about. But yeah, he's probably okay. I think I prefer Galladay though. Uh, I just love, I against would the Giants. Not. This time last year, you were 100% rolling him out against the Giants. Uh, yeah, of course. It, this, this time a couple of weeks ago, you were 100 percent rolling fair, about that, to be honest and fair. All right. So let's go right into our lineups, Chris, and uh, you go first. DFS Battle Royale. All right. Battle Royale. I promise I'll get involved this week because I got a lineup that's going to beat you guys. Uh, yeah. Like we haven't talked enough about Matthew Stafford rolling him out at quarterback. CMC going to take the shot with Todd Gurley here and, and see what he can give me. Kenny Galladay with Matthew Stafford. Two of our favorites. Kenny Stills, Corey Davis. I think he's our favorite. He's certainly mine this week. Hunter Henry in at tight end. Chase Edmonds at the flex. A little still kind of uncertain there, but I'm going to roll the dice against the Saints. And then I do have the Eagles defense. I like the call by both you guys you talked me into it i <laughs> talked you i didn't talk you into it I, yeah, you, I, you talked me into it by giving me the ownership percentage I know. <laughs> and, then, and then joe gave me like some it. nice I facts like and then i looked at how much alan turns the ball over and i went there 
I said his, I said their name, and you're like, oh, interesting. And then Joe goes, yeah, that is interesting. I didn't talk to anybody. Don't put that. In, don't, no, don't put that evil on I'll me. I'll take credit. It's fine. I'm rolling planting them out. a flag on the Eagles' defense. Can't wait to post that. Uh, all right, go, go, Joe. Oh, I don't have to go third for this one too. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. No, I'm gonna go. I might as well bring him up now. Then Deshaun Watson to Kenny Stills uh, to Kiki Cute as well. Gonna bring it back with Darren Waller. Um, gonna jam in all the running backs. Leonard Fournette. Christian McCaffrey. I'm going to throw Le'Veon Bell in as well. I think his price is still pretty easy to get to on FanDuel. Um, so where am I at here? Oh, Tampa Bay defense. Um, just targeting kind of the Tannehill um, chalk if that ends up being the case. And I want to leverage a little bit off of Chris um, since he has Hunter Henry. Going to go with Mike Williams uh, in my last uh, wide receiver slot there. Oh, you don't want to do a Philip River stack <laughs> for that? I do not. <laughs> I People go watch the video so you can see the, the response on that. That was terrific. All right. So here's mine, which obviously could change, but I am bringing the Saints into it. So this might change by Sunday morning. But as of now, if Drew Brees is out there, Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, Leonard Fournette, Lemmy, Lenny, uh, Michael Thomas. The one name we didn't bring up this entire show, which I think is very intriguing, even if Matt Schaub is that quarterback, Calvin Ridley for 5,400 on FanDuel is crazy in my opinion. Larry Fitzgerald, I'm going back. Larry, I'm giving you one more chance if Christian Kirk is out there. Josh Hill for the four Saint stack. Yes, Chris Godwin. And the Chicago Bears defense going after Phillip Rivers. Nobody's on the Bears defense because they haven't been the Bears, but they're getting Phillip Rivers this week. Yeah, both those defenses, Bears and Chargers, because the Bears offense has just been so bad. So I I think both of those defenses in play. But man, the Saints, Jake. Wow, I like it. Yep. This team could score 20 points this week. <laughs> <laughs> We're all going to get in the contest, and uh, it's going to be great. We're all going to probably have not have cashed the Sunday million, but one of us will have taken down this tourney at least. Uh, well, well, at least you or I will, since Chris never joins it. <laughs> true. Uh, true. But I'm by the way, week. well, yeah, please do. And please follow Chris at Chris Me. Follow Joe at Joe Holka. I'm at All in Kid. Make sure podcast 10% off to get a DFS pass Chris writes there I write there that's where I get the APA matchups for you guys shrink the schedule the real way and as is the real way this is the DFS show the podcast DFS for the rest of us we will be back for week nine hopefully celebrating your winnings and some of ours so have a good one everybody thank you for listening to another edition of the fantasy footballers DFS podcast don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.